Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello, welcome to the Rosh Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. I'm joined by Brandon Deutsch and Jake Dicker. How are we doing, Jake? We'll start with you. You were at Blue Heaven on Earth this time. You sort of would say, how was it last night? It was great. I hadn't been to a game because I'd been, I'd been gone, so I hadn't been to a game since last year's all-star game at Dodger Stadium. I went to one Dodger road game last year at the end of the year. But uh, no, it was great to be back. Tuesday night nationals, you know, the attendance was what it was. It was Julio Arias City Connect jersey giveaway. So that definitely helped. Um, but yeah, I know the Dodgers came out, came out swinging, hit a bunch of home runs, um, starting to get hot and kind of find their foot in a little bit. It was uh, Tony Gonsolin, another good start. So it was, uh, it was a good day at, uh, at the Ravine. You had an interesting tweet. You said Freddie Freeman, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm going to read it uh, not correctly, is the greatest Dodger you've seen since Kershaw. Is that correct? I said that I think Freddie Freeman, as just a complete baseball player, may be the best Dodger that they've rostered in my lifetime outside of Clayton Kershaw. And I'm not including like like the three-month or one-year stints <laughs> from like Jim Tomei at the end of his career or like these guys that come over, but like – I mean, that guy just, I mean, he just hits the baseball, plays a good defensive first base. Like, he is year in and year out at the top of the batting average leader, boys, just finds ways to get on base. Um, just, yeah. That, I mean, I, that is what I said. I mean, if you want to you talk about single seasons, you want to talk about 2011 Matt Kemp, 2019 Cody Bellinger, but just as a whole, this guy is, is a. Every year. Every year, too. I mean, he already has 77 hits, and I think. What makes him an MVP candidate even more so this year is he already has almost half of his home run total from last year through like, you know, how many games? I mean, we're not even close to halfway through the season. He already has 10, right? 343, I think he's hitting. I, I just po- post that in the Dodgers article. Over 1,000 OPS. I mean, what, probably the greatest, one of the greatest signings in Dodgers history because that bets deal keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Um, and the Freddie Freeman deal, thank God, because I think it saved that organization. The They're best be really signing good. keeps looking worse and worse, but the trade itself keeps looking better and better. Yeah, yeah, I know. Absolutely. And look, Betts is still very good. Don't get me wrong. But like he's 249. He strikes out more the older oh, he gets. Yeah. You know, like he, you know, he's still great defensively, hits dingers, but his stolen base total is down every year too. It's like the the Mike Trout thing as he went older, like Mike Trout just doesn't steal bases anymore. It feels like the same thing with Mookie. He's just a home run strikeout or double yeah, guy Mookie, now. It's like kind of weird. grounded into a double play last night that I really thought he was going to beat out. And and I was I was there at the game with my dad, and we just looked at each other, and we're like, his first year with the Dodgers, and every year he was in Boston, he beats that ball out nine out of ten times and it's just the speed is just like deteriorates year after year but i guess that's what you kind of expect with these guys um you know as they get older with the workload that he he takes on every year 
All right, guys. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, by the way, bring in the baseball knowledge. And if you guys are fans of the Dodgers and the Angels, eSportingTribune.com, three takeaways, the blueprint right here. These, these, these two do a great job. But listen, you know what I want to talk about tomorrow night, game one of the NBA Finals. First of all, listen, I, I don't care what the TV numbers are. I'm not a TV executive. I'm a basketball fan. I think you guys are as well. I know you guys are as well. I'm fascinated by this NBA Finals. Um, let's start with you, Brandon. Again, a lot of talk about the eight seed heat. Listen, at the end of the day, they beat the top two seeds in the league. So I, I really don't care what seed that they had. It's a great story. It's a great journey. At the end of the day, they, they did what they had to do to get here. I think they're going up against the best team in the league and the best player. Um, Brandon, but start there. Game one in Denver. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the Heat are going to be very tired. I expect Denver to kind of, I wouldn't say, perhaps steamroll them. Um, you know, Miami is 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 needs to play great defense to win games. Denver's a wagon offensively. If it gets with you know to a twenty point lead, I mean that game's over. I don't expect game one to be as good of a game in my in just personally. Um, yeah, I think game two is going to be much closer, like it was with the Lakers game. Although in game one at the Lakers Nuggets, you know they came back later on. I don't think that he'd have enough offense to make that happen. Um, so I do expect Denver to win this game pretty handedly. It might stay close for a half, but I mean they've had so I know you could say oh rust rust right they've had over a week off, but like. Playing in that altitude, you played a seven-game series. You gave your all to get there into the finals. The Heat are going to be exhausted. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose by 20. Jake, I mean, a long layoff for the Denver Nuggets, and I go back, I mean, this was like a while ago, but when the Lakers played the Sixers back in the day, they had like a week off, and it didn't help them. The one game that they lost during that remarkable postseason run was that game one just because they had – so much time off. I, I don't know if that'll be the case tonight, but your thoughts going into tomorrow night's game one. Yeah, I mean, you you just talked about it. It's the age-old question. Would you rather be the team that comes in super hot off of a longer series with the big win or the team that got it done and had the rest? Um, and I think in this case, you'd rather be Denver, especially because I think they're the better team as a whole. It's really hard to bet against Jimmy Butler right now. Caleb Martin's playing out of his mind. Tyler Hero's going to come back at some point. But I agree with Brandon. I think Denver is at home, um, had the time off. I think they're the more polished team, um, one through five. You know, the depth isn't necessarily there with the Nuggets, but that one through five, I know I listened. It wasn't on yesterday's show, but I listened yesterday's show. Brandon talked about anyone in that one through five, um, how deep they are, that the depth doesn't really hurt you. Um, but I, I agree. I think Denver's going to come in there and, and take care of business. Um, Miami... I, they've had this run, as we talked about, you know, they're going to, they're the eight seed, the first play in team together. It's been an incredible run. I just think Denver is too big of a force for them to handle right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think the game one's going to be a little bit of a wash because I think either it's going to, I think it'll be a blowout. I think Denver does win. It takes you time to adjust also to the altitude up there. We, we saw that in the postseason so far, but Listen, amazing run for the Heat. By the way, what's happening in South Florida is remarkable. Not only the eight-seeded Heat, the eight-seeded Florida Panthers. Jake, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Game one of the, of the Stanley Cup final isn't until Saturday, but game one is in Las Vegas. I mean, just 
two really hot teams in South Florida right now. The Florida Panthers play in Fort Lauderdale, but um, I mean, hard to go against teams that are this hot. Again, according to Circus Sports, Denver is the favorite. Las Vegas is the favorite. Uh, but your thoughts on uh, this Stanley Cup as well? Yeah, I mean, Jihei loves to talk about how how much parity there is in the NHL with the playoffs, and is you get in, and it's just about being hot. And this this series is literally the the epitome of that um, with Vegas and the Florida Panthers. Um, the Panthers are going to go as far as Matthew Kachuk takes them. He's been unbelievable, really willed them through one of the most impressive runs that we've seen in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs in some time. Um, obviously, taking down Boston in the first round was just unbelievable, and they've continued this run the entire way through. I like Vegas to come out on top. I think there's, I, I don't know exactly what the odds are, but I mean, they're, they're slight favorites um, at the books to win, to win the final, or you just said they're the favorites. So, so them in Denver, but I, you know, Vegas is hot. Aiden Hill is playing great goaltender. You're doing great as their goaltender. Um, Jonathan Marshall is still hot. It just feels like Vegas is here. Their sixth league or their sixth year in the league feels like, you know, they'll hoist the cup for the first time. Jake, your thoughts on um, Halleck Martinez? Wick hasn't really played. It would be great to, for him to get on the ice, maybe late in a blow to get his name back on the cup. But uh, are you mixed feelings there? Um, I feel like enough time has passed with Alec Martinez. <laughs> um, quick, quick will be a little odd. Um, Braden McNabb's there as well. That's right. So there are definitely, they're definitely some former, some former Kings faces that we'll see, you know, in this series. You know, I. I would love to see all those guys, you know, get their name back uh, or get another ring and hoist the, hoist the cup. That'd be great. All right, going back to the NBA Finals. Uh, and by the way, Brandon, I'm, I'm going to be cashing your uh, ticket today. You made two bets, so I'm, I'm going to cash the one that, there we go. that is, that is cashable. Nikola Jokic, you know, when you talk about how players are remembered, I mean, for, for uh, a portion, again, he was the shoe-in. He was the lock to win the Most Valuable Player Award. And then at some point in time, there was this feeling of, man, like, are we really going to put him in the same category as Bird and Chamberlain? You know, three straight Most Valuable uh, Seasons. He hasn't won a championship. If Jokic and Denver win a title, Brandon, I'll start with you. How does that change? Because, I mean, again... Statistically speaking, and obviously he's played out in the postseason, he should have been the most valuable player. But at some point late in the year, when it looked like a lot, the conversation turned to his defense, postseason, things like that. I think if he wins a championship, that all changes. No, absolutely. I think the main thing here is, um, you know, people were just – they were looking for excuses to not give him the award, right? Because his PER, his player efficiency rating, Raptor, all, all the advanced stats, PSA, the way he impacts, uh, you know, playmaking at the center position, all stuff that's really unprecedented in, in the NBA. Uh, defense, I mean, sure, Embiid, congratulations. Like, we know Embiid didn't show up in the playoffs. He doesn't really. I know he's been hurt in the past, uh, and he... In my opinion, I just think Jokic impacts winning much more and should have been the MVP. And, uh, you know, he was the previous two years um, and he should have been again. And I, I think like now everyone's looking dumb that voted against him because they're like, 
their main argument was, oh, you know, he doesn't have postseason success. Like, what are you talking about? His two, his second and third best players were injured the past three years. The last time they were healthy, they lost to a 57-0 Lakers when entering the fourth quarter. One of the more dominant teams we've seen, the champions that won in 2020, um, you know, back when LeBron and AD were in their primes. Uh, no offense, no shade. I mean, they're still very good, but you, you get the point. They were much better back then, especially LeBron. Um, and now the first season with them both healthy, he gets to the finals. I mean, like to me, I, he is in that category with, with bird and Chamberlain with how dominant he is. And I think he's still one of the more disrespected NBA superstars we've seen in recent memory. And I think, you know, he's going to go down. He's at least going to win one championship probably, yeah. which is this, this year. But, uh, you know, regardless of what else he accomplished statistically, he's, probably the best offensive player ever statistically right now. Uh, obviously you can make the argument Steph Curry with his three point shooting. Um, you know, he shoots more attempts from there. So it's tougher, but the way he impacts offense on all facets, Nicole Jokic is the greatest offensive player ever when it comes to that. By the way, Brady, you bring up Curry, you know, I, I watched that Bob Myers press conference and I was under the impression that maybe and I, this could still be the case that maybe he was leaving to, to to take either the Clippers job or he knew where he would go. Um, perhaps that that was just his way of saying goodbye, but I mean, it definitely felt like a guy who's going to take some time off, maybe a full year off. Uh, again, could could be wrong, could could get a call from Steve Ballmer and West and hop back in it, but it, it just seemed like um, he didn't want to devote himself Fully to the job and needed some time off. Uh, did you get a chance to watch the press conference? Because it certainly looked like a guy who was taking a breath for the first time in 12 years. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on him. You could tell. I think this is something that just, it was a bubble that bursted. And I think everyone knows that, that the Warriors are kind of going downhill just just as an organization, um, you know, as great as Bob Myers is, he knows he made a mistake drafting James Wiseman and then trading him prematurely. Um, his Wiseman looked pretty good in Detroit, though we don't know how long that's going to last. He's an agile, mobile big who would have fit in perfectly with the Warriors. Um, you know, Moses Moody Kuminga, they didn't get playing time. Uh, I think there was some jawing with Kerr about that. I'm, I'm sure Bob Myers wanted to see the development of those guys in big games, especially Kumingo, I think would have impacted winning, uh, even with his inexperience against the Lakers uh, over some other guys. Um, and I just think like he was tired of it. He was tired of it. He built a winner. He built a championship. He knows it's ran its course and he's trying to go build another winner. I mean, Steph Curry is what, 35 years old. We know he's going to be great for the next couple of years at the very least. Clay Thompson looks like he aged in that playoff series. Now, maybe he'll be good next year, but he's getting older too. Draymond's getting older, and Jordan Poole looks like he took a step back. So for for him, he's probably fed up. He's like, I don't want to be here. We're not going to win a championship, you know? And uh, I think he's going to go somewhere where he can build a winner and, you know, maintain his reputation. All right, Jacob, right. I'm going to give you guys some odds. I just got some odds for the NBA Finals right now. Again, as I mentioned, the Nuggets are heavy Favorites in terms of the series correct score, the favorite right now, Denver in five games at twelve to five plus two forty, Denver in seven games plus three fifty, Denver in six games plus four hundred, in Denver sweep plus four fifty. Um, what do you guys think? Again, it's 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 two two one one one. No longer this has been the case for quite a while now. No longer two three two. So. 
I like Denver in six. Your guys' thoughts. Jake. I'm with you. Yeah. Hey, go ahead, Jake. Uh, no, I'm with you. I like I like Denver in six. I think Denver's a better team. I think they win the title, but I'm not gonna I don't think Miami's gonna roll over and die by any means. I mean, we've been talking about this heat culture um for some time and it's just i mean these, they got some great dudes and every single time they go out every series i've picked them to lose every single series and they've come out and proved me wrong this entire playoff should have i mean really you want to count the tip in again i mean obviously you count the tip and it's part of the game but they really beat boston five out of seven times yeah. three times on the road um so i i don't i don't think there's any real reason to doubt miami um throw the whole eight seed thing out the window at this point i think they're they've proven that they're they're hot they're talented um and and they play they they may not be the most talented but they play really really cohesive team basketball um so i i don't think there's any reason to think that they're gonna roll over and die in in four or five so i like denver in six brandon yeah uh, I, you know, I think it's a six or seven game series. In fact, I think the smart money's on the heat, uh, cause I think their series price is about close to plus 300, uh, yeah. something close to that. Uh, and I think they very well could win this series. I think historically the nuggets are against the odds, you know, 14, of the last 15 champions have had a top 11 defensive ratings, the nu- defensive rating, the nuggets did not, uh, the heat did. So I think if it comes down to grit and grind and defense, uh, you know, the Nuggets can be exploited. Uh, Remember, the Lakers did not have their defense didn't step up. A lot of it was rotationally, you know, Ham didn't make a lot of good rotations until late in the series. Um, But again, I think this is a six or seven game series. I'm going to say Nuggets and seven, although I wouldn't be surprised if they hit. I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat win in, in in six or seven. Honestly, by the way, would love to get a seven game series. I mean, that that's always fun. Now, before we head to break, I also want to get you guys' thoughts on the most valuable player. Okay, so um, let's see. Nikola Jokic obviously is the favorite, followed by Jamal Murray, Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin. Yeah, listen, it's Jokic. What did you guys think of the uh, Eastern Conference most valuable player? Again, you can make the argument Jimmy Butler clearly was through the first three games of the series. However, these votes are taken during game seven, right? And I've been in the press row for that, usually late third quarter. Caleb Martin, I mean, they don't win that game without Caleb Martin. Your guys' thoughts there. Jake, ahead, Jake. I'll start with you. Yeah, yeah I... I was I was very surprised. No, I mean, I was I I would have given the award to Caleb Martin. I know it was close. I know that Jimmy uh Jimmy won the vote five to four. I believe um, wasn't really surprised that Doris Burke and Reggie Miller voted for Jimmy <laughs> Butler. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I get it. I mean, I, I, there's no wrong answer. Jimmy was Jimmy. It wasn't like Jimmy rolled over in Game Seventy. That Jimmy had twenty eight, led them in scoring. Um, so I get why he he won the award. But, I mean, I think they really miss an opportunity to highlight a guy who was cut by the worst team in the NBA, the Charlotte Hornets, and is now arguably the number two option on this team um, in terms of scoring the basketball was, was I mean, just elite shot making in, in the end of the, that series. So I would have loved to see Caleb Martin get that recognition. But, I, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy had a great series. Yeah, I, I think Caleb Martin deserved it. I, he was the most consistent. I know Jimmy was great in the first three games. 
kind of hit or miss, not efficient in games, you know, four, five, and six, but he was great in game seven. Um, but again, they don't win pivotal games down the stretch without Caleb Martin. Even in the first three games, Caleb Martin was great, right? So it's not like all of a sudden game seven, but the most important game, he was the best player on the court in that yeah. game. So like for me, I would have voted for Caleb Martin. But again, I thought I said this yesterday on the show, Arash, like they can't have they, they didn't want the oh, Jason Tatum, um, you know, Nikola Jokic, uh, uh, Steph Curry, Caleb Martin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, no offense. That's that's what that's what it was. It was a politics thing. Yeah. Real quick before we go to break, would you guys touch the trophy? Uh, that to, to be honest, Jake, I always thought that was a. Um, Hockey superstition. Uh, Jimmy Butler did not want to touch the conference championship trophy. Yeah, I've never seen that outside of hockey either. But, I mean, he's got bigger things to accomplish. So, I guess if that's the message he wants to send, that's the message. Or that's the way he chose, he chose to send it. I, I didn't have an issue with it. I, I, don't, I don't hate it. Brandon, would you touch the trophy or would you say, listen, I, I, I'm going to wait? I would wait. Uh, I don't think I, that's not what we play for. We don't play for participation medals. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? By the way, uh, I agree. I agree. So, I'm, I'm I think it's a Vegas. stupid award, anyways. <laughs> By the way, awesome that it was the Bob Cousy Trophy, which is the Conference Championship Trophy, and the Larry Bird Trophy, which is the Eastern Conference Most Valuable Player, handed to the Miami Heat on the parquet. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, I'll be talking to you guys about the G League, why it could be the new future home of one and done players. When we come back right here on the Money or 1090th of the California, the Beth in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, we just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California. Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, before we went to break, I teased this only because I'm in Las Vegas and about 10 miles, uh, about 10 minutes actually from the strip is Henderson. And uh, it is home of the G League Ignite. This past uh, season, Scoot Henderson played there. And this upcoming season, Ron Holland, the number two basketball recruit, is going to be there um you know we 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 saw this happening for a couple of years now but it's really become um you know more of a trend and i wanted to get your guys' thoughts on if you're a one and done player the advantages or not i mean but by the way i think if you're a brawny james or if you're a player who uh can go to a big time program you can make a ton of money in college now so i i don't necessarily 
agree with the G League route, but wanted to get your guys' thoughts because it does seem like, uh, you know, certainly when you talk about a team in Henderson, which is effectively Las Vegas, a lot of players are drawn to that. Um, your guys' thoughts on that, whether you prefer the G League route or the college route. Brandon, I'll start with you. I think with NIL now, depending on what you can attract, I think the college route is is a better route, in my opinion. Now, of course, in, in the G League, you're playing ex-NBA players, guys that are right on the surface, better than college players a lot of the time, most of the time. In fact, better competition. We saw Scoot Henderson do it, obviously, Holland now. Uh, Jalen Green a few years back, Jonathan Kuminga. Um, it didn't really hurt their development. In fact, it probably enhanced in, for Holland. It will enhance his development. But I don't think it makes like the huge difference that a lot of people are making it out to be. Um, I mean, there's guys who are 17, 18 years old that could put up 10 points per game in the NBA right now. And I think Holland's probably one of those guys. Scoot was one of those guys. Jalen Green was one of those guys. So I don't think their path mattered as much. But I think going to college for one year, even if you're a one and done, is extremely important. I think Amari Bailey, um, I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it could have hurt his cause. Well, I think what he was able to do is he was not, he had that college experience and he went through adversity. He, he was on a team that really wanted to win as a whole versus I think G League Ignite is more just guys going out there. And of course they want to win, but it's more about prospects and ex-NBA players trying to get back to the NBA. UCLA really wanted to win and collectively you know, came together and Amari had ups and downs and at the end really advanced his draft stock with that big time shot he hit and, you know, his shot making, playmaking and defense in the NCAA tournament. I think he's a good example and he had a ton of NIL money, right? So for me, I would choose college. I think the college experience, even for one year, is super important and influential in kids' lives, even if they're a superstar. I know it's a little bit different because everyone's going to want to hang out with you, party with you, you know, because you're going to be rich and famous soon. But still, I think it's I think that's more instrumental just being on campus and getting at least one year of experience than going to the G League. Jake, if you were to advise someone again, I mean, I, I, I just think now with the college game and you can make, I mean, Bronny James will make millions of dollars at USC. And again, 10 years ago, that would have been a joke. You know, getting something under the table. Now it's like, listen, he's going to have he's going to have commercials, sponsorship deals. Would you go the one and done route, college, or the G League route? I mean, I'm I'm with Brandon. I like the college route. I mean, I think it's it's they're similar. It's kind of similar to the the whole golf thing with the PJ Tour and Live, where Live made their adjustments, and then the, the PJ Tour is or Live did their thing. The PJ Tour has made their adjustments. You know. There's there's the uh, G League Ignite and all that stuff, and the NCAA's made their adjustments. There's guys they're now able. The NIL is a huge deal. Guys can now put their name into the draft, see their you know test the waters a little bit, and then take their name out of the draft. Couldn't wasn't uh, weren't able to use to. Do, uh, sorry, I'm I'm fumbling over my words. We're not able to use to do that. Um, but with college, I mean, the coaching the coaching's there. Brandon talked about it. Guys learn how to play you know team basketball. All of these kids, these top 10, 20 recruits who who are looking at G League Ignite as an option were the guy at their in their high school days, right? Like the ball was in their hands. Pretty much their coach said, just go put the ball in the hoop, do what you gotta do, right? G League Ignite's kind of more of the same. It's individual development. It's really getting ready for you know the draft. Guys in college, Brandon Amari Bailey is a great example. Amari Bailey at Sierra Canyon was the dude for two two, three years. Comes into UCLA, really struggles off the bat, starts as a true freshman, struggles off the bat, 
And then Jalen Clark goes down and they're looking for scoring and he steps up and I mean, his stock goes through the roof. So I, I think there are, there are advantages to both, but I think with NIL and the money you can make and the opportunities that are there, like, yes, G League Ignite, it's all basketball all the time. No reason to go to class. But if you ask these guys, these, these freshmen in college, if they really feel like they're missing out on time in the gym because they have to go to class, like, I don't think that that's really the concern. Yeah. So I would advise college, speaking of college, Brandon brought up UCLA, Adem Bona um, returning has pulled his name out of the draft, which is big, the Pac-12 freshman of the year. So that's big for them. That's um, great for his development, too, because I think he needs another oh, he year. Needs, yeah, he needs another year for sure. Um, I think it would have been a very, like, TJ Leaf, EK Anigbogu type situation if he left after his freshman year. I think him coming back for another year is, is really going to help him. And by um, the way, uh, before you go, Jake, uh, something, something to note. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Next year's draft is way weaker. So yeah. that's something that's something to note if you're a prospect. That's another thing. G League Ignite, you, you're not going to spend two years there, even if you're a one and done. What happens if you're a fringe guy? It's a one year thing for these prospects, right? You can't go back to college after playing a G League Ignite if you want to. If you're not ready for the league, look at a guy like Leonard Miller, who's I think draft stock. Some people say is rising, but I think it's falling. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to wrap up, but I, I yeah, Brandon nailed it. By the way, yeah, Jake is at a school that, you know, not hard to recruit to. When I did the Playboy Top Party School story way back in the day, Wisconsin was number one. I don't know if I ever told you that, Jake. You know, all the fun times you guys have at Hey Club and all that kind of stuff. By the way, Brandon, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, you know a professor, the Jake Dicker, will be taking a course taught by former Major League Baseball Commissioner Bud Selig this upcoming semester. Oh, nice. I am doing that. I am doing that, yeah. Sounds fun. That sounds yeah, fun. It's about uh, it's about MLB post World War II. So, uh, well, to ask him what happened to the Expos when they were supposed to win the World Series <laughs> in the lockout. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to get that a, lot a of colossal questions. failure on the MLB's part that year. Um, all right, guys, we talked about the number of championship coaches that were available this offseason in terms. of, By the way, just an amazing. You know, the 2019 championship coach in Nick Nurse, 2020, Frank Vogel, 2021, Mike Budenholzer. They are all finding uh, jobs now. Nick Nurse uh, going to Philadelphia. Uh, the the overplayed joke there is that Philadelphia replaced the doc with a nurse. So that was uh, good. Um, <laughs> hey, I haven't so, heard that. <laughs> so, so stupid. Uh, <laughs> so um, listen, then, and then, so we, we, but there's a lot of big name coaches still available. The Suns are uh, still looking. It does look like maybe uh, Sean's had a report earlier today. Monty Williams maybe going to Detroit. Let's play this out, guys. Brandon, I'll start with you. Mike Budenholzer, and I, by the way, he went through so much uh, during the postseason. No one really talked about it. He lost his brother. Um, but again, you know, when, when when you have that kind of regular season success, best record in the league, you need to follow that up with some postseason success. And by the way, tangent here. Everyone talks about 2020, the bubble. You know, is is that a real championship? Is that like a, um, a, uh, a uh, asterisk? 2021, and I said this at the time, and I truly believe this, I talked to multiple team doctors who said it is ridiculous that they are only giving these players, again, because they wanted to go back to a normal schedule, they are only giving these guys 70 days off. Shortest offseason in professional sports, multiple team doctors told me, if you were in the bubble 
for over 75 days. So if you went to the conference finals, if you were the Lakers, if you were the Denver Nuggets, if you were the Celtics, if you were the Heat, you are not going to get past the first round the following year. And if you look at it, that's exactly what happened. So when you look at you know what a championship deserves like a little star, uh, there was a number of teams that really competed hard in the bubble that, that, that just had no gas the following year or they got hurt, things like that. Tangent to the side to say Mike Budenholzer is a fantastic coach. He's available. I have not really heard his name attached to a team, but Brandon, I'll start with you. Uh, your thoughts on um, where these coaches are going and where they should potentially go. Well, first off, I think there's an excellent opportunity for Monty Williams to, one, make a lot of money, and two, develop a, a couple of young superstars uh, in Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey if he goes to the Pistons. And I think Cade, as much as I love Jaden Ivey, I think Cade's upside is so vast, so much more vast. Um, he showed that in year one. I know he was hurt last year. People have forgot about him. This was a guy in the, past, the last three months of his rookie year was averaging 22 eight and eight and was getting triple doubles on occasions. He had a, he was the first rookie since Michael Jordan to have 30 plus points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds and four plus steals in a game. Uh, hadn't happened since Michael Jordan's rookie year for a rookie. Uh, and his defense is excellent. I, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, like let's talk about his offense. And he was inefficient before he got hurt his second year. But I think he has the upside to be one of the best players in basketball. And there's a reason why, a lot of people were saying he was the best prospect, wing prospect, than say, you know, Kevin Durant or someone like that. It, and I mean, they say that every year, but with Cade, I think he has superstar upside. And I think a coach like Monty Williams would be able to refine his game on both ends of the floor. So I think that's an excellent opportunity for Monty to prove himself again and take a younger, inexperienced, losing team to the next level. And he'd, of course, implement a defense, and they had one of the worst defenses in the league. But I think Monty Williams is the one I think that I'm looking at. Detroit, that would be a great place for him. Boonholzer, I'm thinking maybe Toronto? Good, yeah. Have they hired somebody yet? No. Like Adrian Griffin went so. to the Bucks, right? Went to the Bucks, yeah. But I, they'll probably go development route because they're not trying to compete. Yeah. Uh Jake, your your uh, thoughts on some of these moving parts. Again, Monty Williams is such a fantastic coach. I think the Suns really dropped the ball there. I know they they, you know, by the way, you're not beating the Denver Nuggets. So I, I don't know exactly what they were thinking there. I think he's a fantastic coach. But uh, your thoughts on some of these coaches, Jake? Yeah, I, I always thought that Detroit was kind of a sneaky good job. Um, because I, as kind of Brand said, I'm really high on their young core, Cade Cunningham, Jay and Ivy. I'm a huge Jalen Duran fan who was nine and nine last year. Oh, yeah. He has a 19 year old. Um, you know, they picked up Wiseman, they picked up Marvin Bagley, these guys too. who kind of came in as, you know, top picks and have kind of struggled their way. You know, 60, they went 17 and 65 last year and somehow fell to the fifth pick in the draft, which, which sucks because there's, I mean, there's a clear one through three this year with Scoot, Wemby, and, and Brandon Miller, almost a one through four if you want to include a Ben Thompson. And then it kind of falls off a little bit after that, even though it's a pretty deep draft. Um, so that, that number five pick isn't nearly as valuable as they, they hoped it would be, but, you know, for all the reasons Brandon mentioned, I think, you know, Monty's the perfect coach for that situation. Budenholzer, yeah, Toronto's probably the the landing spot because, I mean, he's just, there, there's been, there's been some talk about the fact that, you know, for the last couple of years, he's, the in-game adjustments aren't there with Budenholzer. He, you know, if he didn't win the championship, it would have gone, would have been gone a couple of years ago. So, I mean, I don't, 
with with Nurse and with and with Monty, I guess it was kind of just we just need a new face. We need to shake things up. Um, Budenholzer, I kind kind of saw the writing on the wall a little bit, but yeah, Toronto makes most sense. I love Monty if if he lands in Detroit, um, and then I like Nick Nurse in Philly. So I think it all makes sense. Uh, Jake, I wanted to ask you this because the Pistons do have the fifth pick. Uh, I know you mentioned the one through three. Obviously, yes, uh, I have a big board coming out of my top 60 players in the draft. I think this is a deep draft, although obviously the first three are very good. Who would be the perfect fit with that fifth overall pick? Because I know you got Taylor Hendricks from UCF, who I like going, you know, versatility on both ends of the floor, three-point shooting, kind of fills all the boxes, especially if Monty Williams is the head coach. But I'm hearing a lot like they might go after a Cam Whitmore is like a bulldozing guy who gets to the rim, you know, some creates offense, a uh, decent defender, doesn't have playmaking skills, but could fit in too. I'm wondering who you think they're looking at with that fifth overall pick. Yeah, I've heard a lot of Whitmore. Um, they go after like a Jairus Walker out of Houston. Oh. I mean, I mean I he'd be good. He'd be good, but his upside is very limited. And I think when you're a team that has 17 wins, like Walker does everything right. But uh, he's a role player, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, I think I think the one through four obviously is what it's going to be, and then at five, I think there's a number of guys that they could take. You mentioned you mentioned Taylor Hendricks. They could go after you know the other Thompson twin, Anthony Black, if they want to go that route. Um, but I think I think Whitmore is probably the best overall fit, in my opinion. Um, but they got a lot of guys next year. I mean, who, who were kind of question marks and the jump they're going to take with, you know, I, we see what Ivy does. I expect Cade to, you know, take a massive jump forward and kind of cement himself as one of the top young stars in the game. Um, I've kind of given up on Killian Hayes or I've really given up on Killian Hayes, but I think that, I think Cam Whitmore is probably the best fit. Nice. Yeah. Killian Hayes, by the way. What a terrible! I, I said at the time, Dante I was so Exum, high Dante, on him coming into the really. League. I was the opposite. So I said Dante Exum two I said this guy sucks. But why? Because he was an international left-handed prospect. No, he played it exactly like Dante <laughs> Exum and couldn't shoot. And I think now, like it, it's kind of similar. But I mean, he had more he had more potential than Dante Exum. But by the way, Arash, you remember this? Lakers dodged a bullet. Remember when they were like, "We're all in on Dante Exum." Oh the, yeah. Fourth or fifth overall pick. And you're like, everyone was like, please no, please no, Dante Exum, please, please. Their scouts are amazing, and I know we we've, we've we've talked about it. You can kind of joke about you know you know Jeannie and Linda and Kurt and all that, but I mean the 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 way that they I mean they generally don't miss. So the fact that they have the seventeenth pick, whether they use it or, or trade it, if they use it, I'm pretty certain that they're going to draft a guy. I mean, who could they get? Brandon, as you look at your board, I mean, who are, and by the way, I think you, you hit exactly a couple of the guys that they actually picked, but uh, who could they get there? Yeah, I loved, by the way, I loved Max Christie last year. Uh, you know, great mid-range, good perimeter defender. I think he's going to be excellent next year as a role player for the Lakers. I really liked his upside at the time. 17th overall pick's a whole different animal than the 35th overall pick or 32nd or whatever they had last year. They're going to get a game changer. Um, now, they could go a variety of directions. Do they want upside? Then you got to think about an Amari Bailey or a Derek, Derek Whitehead. You know, two of the top guys going into college didn't have amazing years, but, you know, raise their stock as the season went on. Or do they fill a need? Do you want a shooter or do you want a big? Because shooters will be available. They'll have Jed Howard from Michigan who has loads of upside too. He's a great shooter. I mean, he's a Clay Thompson type, catch and shoot. You know, he's more athletic than Clay Thompson, but 
that's a guy that will be available. I doubt Jordan Hawkins will be there at 17. Otherwise, that's the obvious fit for LeBron, a guy who can shoot uh, secondary shot creation. Or do you pick a big like Derek Lively, who with Anthony Davis would cause complete problems? They have the best interior defense in the league with Anthony Davis and Lively if they don't already have that. There's a ton of options they could go here, a variety of directions. I obviously, I trust their scouting department and, and you know, bus to, to really make a great selection. I think they need to keep it. A lot of people are saying, oh, trade it, trade it. Like, at some point, you got to bridge that gap. Unless yeah. they're getting, I've heard maybe D'Angelo Russell in the 17th overall pick to Miami for Tyler Hero, something that reported yesterday. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell says he expects to go to Miami and assign and trade. And I'm like, well, they're not going to do that for Lowry. Who are they going to do that for? And I think Tyler Hero makes the most sense. He doesn't play defense. He like defense. He's a perfect fit alongside Braun. He's marketable. Um, you know, he's the handsome young man. I think it's important for LA. You have Reeves, him, like, you know, the marketing deals are going to be insane. Both perfect fits alongside LeBron and the money work. So unless you get a player that's impactful, like Tyler Hero, and you trade a D'Angelo Russell in the 17th overall pick, I would keep it. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I, keep, yeah, I would keep Jake. it. Yeah. I think you have to keep it. Um, unless you can get, like, I mean, Hero, yeah. Um, a name I've been hearing a lot at 17 um, that they've been looking at is uh, Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan, 19. Oh, yeah, he's old. great. He's great. Um, lefty, he's lefty. Raw. Like, he's not a guy that's going to come in and give you, can you know, big minutes right away and really make that impact. He's definitely going to need some time. Um, 19 years old, sophomore out of Michigan, 14 points a game last year, plays good defense. Um, but he's definitely a little bit more time. Um, but I feel like that's kind of what happens with the rookies in the league nowadays. Like we talked about Kaminga and Moody, who are huge prospects that came, you know, coming into the league and guys that just don't get minutes. Like even these, even these top prospects, unless they're surefire guys going one through three are really like auditioning for minutes when they come into the league. It's the same thing we're seeing in the WNBA where these, these girls are getting drafted and then they're being cut and waived, you know, a year later after being top three picks. Like it's just, it's competitive. Like there's a lot of good players in the league and it's, it's hard to find minutes. Yeah, last last thing I'll say, I know we don't have much time here, but I for, completely forgot the Michigan-Michigan State connection to Rob Palenka. Obviously, Boofkin, Jet Howard uh, will be in consideration for that 17th overall pick. I mean, he picked Christie for Michigan State last year. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that that's why I would love for them to keep the pick. Brandon, you brought up a good point. I mean, at some point, you need to get young players back. And and I, I, I know LeBron's at the end of his career, and, and – yeah, they they now see a sliver of a window there, and but listen, uh, when you look at the good young players that the Lakers have had and developed, I think you can have a nice blend of young and old players. So, would love to see them keep keep that pick again. They have uh, two picks in the strap, so um, hopefully they uh, keep it and uh, draft someone who can contribute to this team next season. All right, that is all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then. This is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we worry brothers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.